Welcome to the Wellness Connection with Fiona Kane. This podcast aims to provide inspiration and education, begin discussions and explore various aspects and strategies around life and wellness. As an experienced nutritionist, holistic counsellor and mind-body eating coach and a woman experiencing my own life and health issues, I have my own unique experiences and approach to these topics. I'm also open to learning. Join me and we can explore these topics together. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Connection with Fiona Kane. My name is Fiona Kane and I'm your host. Today I wanted to talk to you about saving money on food. Essentially, cost of living crisis at the moment. Uh, I know in Australia, in Sydney, Australia, we're really feeling it. I think it's something that people are feeling all around the world or in a lot of places. Um, Unfortunately, I can only speak from a perspective of Sydney, but for some of you, this will make sense and some of it, it might not. But food is food, but it's just a little bit different with availability in different places. But yeah, I'm just going to chat to you a little bit about uh, ways to save money uh, in regards to uh, food. So sometimes people think that um, eating fast food is cheaper than buying, you know, eating healthy food. And look, it can be depending, you know, if if you're comparing going to a fancy restaurant and going to somewhere where you get something for $5 or $10, of course, yes. But if you're comparing home-cooked meals versus uh, versus takeaway, as a one-off, it might be cheaper to do the takeaway, uh, but as an ongoing thing, and, and it might be, not always, but as an ongoing thing, uh, no, you're going to save a lot more money by cooking at home. Uh, and one of those reasons is because there are there are things that you will use a lot. So for for example, if you have things like whether it's rice or whether it's um, sauces that you have or if, whether you have uh, olive oil, those kinds of products, they will last many meals. They won't just last one meal, particularly your olive oil. Uh, you know, So things like that, they're sort of the pantry staples that you get. Uh, so one shop in every so many shops will be much more expensive shop because that's when you will get those things. By the way, I'm actually pretty careful with that too. I've got I, I use Cobram olive oil. I love it, and I've noticed that in the popular supermarkets in Sydney, that it goes on sale to forty percent off and even sometimes fifty percent off every few months. And so I actually buy a few of them um, if I can every time they go on sale. So it keeps me going until the next time it's 40 or 50% off. I haven't quite worked out what the cycle is. I don't know if it's every three months or or what it is, but it's sort of, it's semi-regular. So there's things like that too, that if you notice certain cycles at your supermarket, you might be able to, um, if you can afford to, not everyone can, uh, if you can afford to, you might be able to buy a couple of things uh, or, you know, sometimes I will buy sort of, if I can afford it, I will buy six of something. Sometimes I can't afford it. I simply just can't do that. But if you can, you certainly will save money that way if you know that it's a pantry staple, something that you use all of the time. So there are more expensive shops that you will do because you will buy those pantry staples, but they will last you longer. But in regards to the like the fresh veggies and, and fresh fruit and things like that, now fresh and frozen are quite similar, so there's no reason that you can't interchange that. There's also no reason that you can't freeze the veggies. That if you get have fresh veggies, you can freeze them yourself. Um, and you can freeze them. I think it's uh, I'll double check here. I think it's up to twelve months that you can do that. Yeah, eight to twelve months. So, so um, that you can freeze your own. So whether you have frozen veggies or you freeze your own, you can certainly do that. And um, and in regards to canned, look, canned canned food has been heated 
uh, to can it. There's a heating sort of process, um, and so it might have been a bit more damaged, but still, it's 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 okay. But I I would prefer fresh or frozen. Um, the other issue with canned is in regards to fruit. Canned fruits tend to have a lot of syrup in them, a lot of like sugary syrup. So I would stay away from the syrups. So um, so fresh or frozen fruit, I think, is better. But um, if you do have the canned stuff, just don't eat all the syrup stuff because it's, it's just all sugary syrup, not good. And that adds on to the fruit. So it's, the, the fruit itself is fine, but it's when you add all of the extra syrupy stuff to it that it becomes a problem. Uh, so the other thing too in regards to you know your fruit and veggies is um, try and buy what is on sale and plan your meals around that. And if you can, learn to be flexible with what you're using. So, and try different things, try new things. Now, if you're lucky, look, we, I'm so lucky. I live in the Hawkesbury area of Sydney, and we have pretty much farm gate places all around us. There's, you know, two or three in every different direction. And, and um, so we get to go straight to the farm and buy the produce there. So lucky, so grateful. Um, if you don't have that um, and you have a good quality farmer's market, go to your farmer's market. Um, if you don't have that but you maybe have a fruit shop that you can go to, uh, a fruit shop can be great. Um, fruit shops, in my experience, more often than not, but not always, but more often than not, they're, they're a bit cheaper than the supermarkets uh, because the supermarkets well, anyway, the supermarkets make money on some things and not on others, but the fruit and veg isn't always that cheap in supermarkets, but it, it's often cheaper in fruit and veg shops. Uh, the other thing in a fruit and veg shop is you talk if you talk to your local fruiterer, it makes me think of Con the Fruiterer. From, <laughs> that's a comedy show that was on in, in the 80s or 90s in Australia. I don't, anyway, I got distracted there. But uh, your local fruit shop, often you'll find that they will really know their produce. So they might actually help you in regards to trying something new. So that you might see that there's a vegetable on sale and if you've never had it before and they'll tell you what it is and they'll tell you how to cook it. Uh, so it can be quite handy that way that they can just have that knowledge to tell you how to take advantage of the produce and you try something new, you try something different. So um, so being flexible about what you will eat is really, really helpful. And even in regards to you know, you could do if you do if you cook a bolognese, you can use uh, you can use beef mince, but you could also use chicken mince, or you could use uh, lamb mince, or it could be kangaroo mince, or turkey mince, or chicken mince. Like, you know, all of the different uh, all of the different proteins it could be. So don't limit yourself, or you could use a vegetarian kind if that makes you happy. But don't limit yourself to there's only one kind of protein. You can only have beef. If beef is not the thing that's on sale, choose the one that is on sale. Um, the other thing is, like I was saying, with vegetables, be open-minded to try different ones and learn new ways of cooking them and um, and experiment with them because you will find that, you know, maybe the broccoli is really expensive but the bok choy is on sale or the spinach is on sale or you know some other green vegetable is on sale um, or maybe it's orange vegetables that are all on sale so you'll just have a bit more of an orange week this week that's okay and next week the you know beetroot is going to be on sale next week but last week it was carrots or whatever it is but you can um, you can certainly adapt essentially if your meals have you know a mixture of vegetables and protein then you can adapt what those proteins and vegetables are depending on what is available and depending on what is on sale so be sort of open-minded to that also things like if you get herbs and spices even just like a mixed herbs 
type shaker in the supermarket. That will last you a long time. Um, or you can grow your own if you want to do that, if you're able to do that. Um, or you can even, uh, some of the olive oils, like I know Cobram do this, um, I'm sure other brands do as well, where they have infused oils. So they might have an olive oil that's infused with garlic or it's infused with herbs or it's infused with uh, lemon or something. And something like that can be really, really useful because you get the flavor, but you don't have to buy all of the other products as well. So uh, so you might use a little bit of the lemon infused uh, olive oil and then the rest of it is just a plain olive oil, but that lemon infused olive oil will last you lots of meals. And um, if, if you can't access fresh lemons or, or if you can't access certain herbs, so you can certainly use infused olive oils as well uh, because they last many meals, not just one meal. The other thing too is that um, what you can do is you can, there's lots of different ways of storing your fruit and vegetables. And if you know how to do that well, um, then, uh, and I'll put a link into a, a download I've got for this too. I'll put the link in the show notes. But when you know how to store your fruit and vegetables, you will do, you will save money doing that as well. So for example, um, like I said before, with your fresh veggies, you can freeze them for eight to 12 months. Uh, you can also freeze avocados for up to three months. Did you know that? And so, you know, avocados, they go on sale. Um, you can get a few and they go on sale, but the problem is we often waste them because they all go ripe. So, uh, excuse me. So what I do with my avocados is first of I have them in a bowl and on my bench because they're, you know, they're, um, they should they shouldn't be in the fridge unless they're ripe. So I have them on a bowl on the bench until they're ripe. And if I still haven't used them, then I put them in the fridge. And then if you get to a point where you think, okay, I haven't used it, then you can certainly put it in the freezer. I'll, I'll talk to you a bit about how that's done in a moment. But um, and up to three months. But the other thing too is if you've got a lot left over, you haven't used it, then what I will do is I will, uh, the other thing I do is make up just like an avocado mash type thing. So it's a bit like a guacamole. So or guac- guacamole. <laughs> so I make my own version of a guacamole and I'll put it in some some lemon, some olive oil. You can add things like chili or garlic. Um, I even add sometimes, I get this, the sandwich stackers, which are like the, the pickled uh, cucumber type things. I might cut them up and put them in salt, pepper, whatever. But you could certainly make like a guacamole to have that with your roast veggies, to have that with your meal. Um, it's quite yummy. Or to have it as like a, not so much a sauce, but like a, you put it over that, you know, you could um, put it on your chicken or put it on your whatever the meat is that you're having. So it can work really nicely that way. Um, or you could do your, your avo toast or something if you wanted to, if that's what you'd like to have. So the other thing in regards to avocados, so in regards to the freezing, there's a few different ways of freezing avocados. Let me just see if I've got it here. Um, oh, I don't think I've got that handy. Uh, it'll be on the download. I'll put it on the download. But there's different ways you can do it, whether it's whole or whether it's halves, um, that you can do it. And I don't have that right in front of me, so that's the download, the avocado one. I won't get. I won't say it wrong. The other thing too is that if you Google a lot of these things, there's a lot of great information, but I will give you the download um, that tells you exactly how that's done. Um, in regards to your leafy greens, um, they can be washed and kept in muslin bags. Now, muslin bags, they're just like, they're just cotton, but they're cotton with a bigger, like a, a weave that has some more open weaves that's got more breathing in it. Uh, and I'm sure you could get those from Spotlight or some sort of um, uh, shop that sells 
um, sewing materials and and that kind of thing. Uh, you might be able to get it from homewares type shops as well. Uh, you can give me some feedback in the in the comments if you want to tell me places that you know that you can get muslin bags. But essentially, with leafy greens, um, if you uh, wash them and then keep them in the muslin bags in the fridge, they will last longer. And um, so that's that that's another kind of useful tip. Also, things like onions and potatoes, they need to be kept separately um, and they need to be in a, in a cool, dry place. So you can put them into mesh bags. I've kind of just got mine in bowls, um, but they're in separate bowls and in separate cupboards mine are so that they're not in together. The problem is if they're too close to each other, they essentially cause each other to rot. Well, the potatoes tend to rot and the onions tend to liquefy i've had that hope happen before in both cases that's what they do to each other uh so it's best because of the gases i think it's ethylene gas i uh, know but anyway keep them apart so your potatoes your uh, onions keep them apart and um either um, in mesh bags or in kind of a bowl or something but somewhere where there's a bit of uh you want at least a little bit of uh air going through but a bit um dark somewhere dark in your pantry or somewhere like that and and definitely not together. So the other thing too is that uh, other fruits that will kind of ripen each other up are things like bananas, avocados, and peaches. They also produce um, ethylene gas, which it's a ripening hormone. Uh, so it, it speeds up the ripening. So if you have uh, if you have avocados that aren't ripe, but you want them to be ripe soon, um, I would be putting them in a paper bag and put them in uh, with bananas. And the bananas, the ethylene gas from the bananas, will help ripen the avocados but if you don't want them to ripen or too fast or if they're already ripe then you want to definitely keep them apart so it's understanding that putting all things together in a fruit bowl can be a good thing if you want you know if you want your avocados to ripen or a bad thing if you you don't want them to ripen too quickly so um it's good it's good to understand just which things to put together and why or when to keep them apart um, in the fridge, you can also store things like peaches and apples, oranges, squash, carrots, um, as well as kind of uh, thick-skinned items, um, either in mesh or muslin bags. So, uh, and you can buy different containers and things to put things in. But I think just these mesh and muslin and stuff works quite well. Um, so, yeah, avocados, mangoes, melons, pears, and apples. They all continue to ripen if they're left out on a countertop. So essentially you leave them out on a countertop um, until they are ripe uh, and then you put them in the fridge or if you haven't eaten, eaten them already. Uh, whereas things like um, grapes, citrus and berries, they generally will deteriorate and they're best kept in the fridge. So you can keep some of the citrus out for a little while to ripen but then pop them in the fridge. Uh, and tomatoes, uh, they continue to ripen as well. So I tend to keep them on the kitchen counter. Um, they should be really kept at room temperature. Uh, they are kind of like a tropical fruit, so they need to stay on the counter. If they start getting to the point where they're overripe, that's when it's time to make a bolognese sauce um, or even just like mashing up the tomatoes and, and freezing them so you can use them as some sort of sauce in the future. But a bolognese sauce is fantastic for that. You make a, bol you make a really big batch of bolognese and you freeze it all. And, um, and so then you've used up those tomatoes rather than letting them all go off um, and overripe. So the other thing is two things like uh, asparagus. You can uh, wrap a damp paper towels around the bases of the asparagus, store it 
or try storing it upright in a glass within about an inch of water. So it keeps some, uh, it keeps it hydrated and delays that sort of wilting. With fresh soft herbs, I treat them a little bit like I would a bunch of flowers. So I pop them in some water as well and just leave them on the counter. So that's things like dill and parsley, mint, coriander, basil. With the hard herbs uh, like sage and rosemary, thyme. Oh, I'm thinking of a song here. <laughs> Parsley, sage, rosemary and thyme. No, um, that's a song. Uh, so I'm not talking about the parsley here. I'm talking about the hard herbs. But anyway, the hard herbs, uh, they last longer if they're stored in the fridge, but you wrap them in some paper towel and you put them in airtight containers or resealable bags and you pop them in the fridge. So just knowing some basic things like that in regards to how to store your fruit and vegetables, uh, when to have them on the bench, when to put them in the fridge, when you can freeze them, if to freeze them, um, and then also just how to use things up. Like I said, if you've got a whole bunch of tomatoes there, that's when you're going to be making that uh, that um, bolognese type sauce or some sort of tomato sauce or tomato soup. And you can Google so many recipes. It's so easy to find these sorts of recipes. Um, and Or if you've got a whole bunch of avocado, either you freeze it um, or you make some guacamole, right? Um, and then what I do is, you know, I'm getting towards the end of the week or the end of my shopping week. So when the, basically when the fridge is starting to uh, become bare and I go in and I look for any of the vegetables, like because I used to be in the habit of kind of throwing them all out, right? I don't do that. Well, I don't 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 do that as often now because I've really made a point of going there, finding all the veggies and all the leftover veggies. So if there's you know a couple of carrots just hanging in there, and there's some uh, there's some zucchini, and there's some broccoli, and and there's uh, some pumpkin or sweet potato, whatever it is, and basically I roast them all um, so essentially the green ones don't need as long so things like broccoli and stuff you can just put that in for 20 minutes or it depends on how much you how how high the temperature is and how much you want it cooked but essentially all the things the things all the hard vegetables you know the, the zucchinis and the the pumpkins and the sweet potatoes or potatoes or anything like that will always take longer so I always give them 45 minutes to an hour depending on what size you've cut them um, and I'm usually somewhere between the 180 or 200 degrees um, Celsius I'm talking about temperature and uh, and I, I just use olive oil a bit of olive oil and then I just use salt and pepper and I like to use a bit of um, some herbs either, either some fresh uh, like some uh, what are they called not fresh herbs but um, I was just about talking about them before like the dried herbs or um or you could use some olive oil that's got that's a bit infused uh and you could bake all of these you could also if you wanted to if you had the tomato and you wanted to use up the tomato um tomatoes you could mash them all up into a bit of a sauce and just pop their, that in there as a bit of a sauce for these vegetables so it could be kind of a tomato veggie mash um not completely mashed though but you know it's just combined uh so you don't really want to mash it you can if it makes you happy, but yeah, I'd be roasting them and just having the tomato as a sauce. And you know, you've got to certainly put in things like garlic, that sort of thing. Um, and you basically roast all of those up, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, depending on the size of the veggies and um, and which type of vegetable. And then you've got all these beautiful roast vegetables, and then you just need to add some protein to them. So you might have some leftover chicken or some leftover ham, or you might have um, a, a couple of cans of can, like canned fish. You know, so it might be some. I had some mackerel with some leftover pumpkin the other day. It was beautiful. Or you might have, you know, a four bean mix. You mix it with that. A couple of four bean mixes to get that sort of, or or some chickpeas or something like that. 
You might have, uh, like if you don't have any other protein but you've got some bacon around, I'll often put the bacon in when I'm roasting those vegetables and you just lay the bacon over the top and you get that beautiful flavor in the vegetables and the bacon goes nice and crunchy. So you can sort of just have a like a bit pretty much like a bacon and veggie uh veggie meal and it's beautiful it's really really yum so essentially it's just going through looking for all of your leftovers and using them all up you know the other other way of doing this or the other kind of uh thing that i you know i so i know we did when i was growing up is you know bubble and squeak and essentially that was when you know you'd have the leftovers of the roast dinner from the other night and you'd have your leftover bit of chicken and you left over this you left over that and basically you just cook some eggs and in amongst your eggs you'd throw in all of the leftover veggies and and the leftover chicken and whatever else you had so that's another way just a big pan and basically you just throw it all in all the leftovers you know and and you can add some egg or bacon to that or something if you want to and and that's just a yummy kind of way of using it all up too so essentially it's just being really mindful about uh trying to buy what's on sale trying to be flexible about which protein you use use the one that's on sale or which vegetables you're going to use and um and then uh, knowing how to store them knowing how to how to freeze them or store them or when to put them in the fridge, that kind of thing. At, at, at first it's a bit confusing if you don't know this stuff and I'm just learning a lot of it myself too. I've never been a great one for the kitchen but I'm learning because I've tried to save money because, uh, you know, money is really challenging for a lot of people right now, including me. So I'm really trying to uh, be sensible about this and learn these skills and um, and teach them to my clients as well. Kind of the stuff that our great-great-grandmothers would have all known and passed on to each other but because we've had such access to easy access to food in the Western world that we've kind of lost the touch of this because we do the Uber Eats or whatever, but it's just good to get back to basics. Look, the other thing is to, you know, soups and stews, make it soups and stews or uh, bolognese sauces or things like that, and you can store those in the fridge and the freezer, but particularly in the freezer. So what we will do is we'll make a big batch of something and then we'll have some for tonight's dinner, some for tomorrow night's dinner, and the rest of it will be frozen or just some for tonight and then freeze the rest of it. Uh, and then you cook something, you know, the next few nights so so often what happens is you know in the school holidays or at times where we've got more availability we might cook more my husband does most of the cooking but I do some but we might cook more for a few days in a row because we've just got time and then we put it all away and then when you know we're really busy and life gets busy we've got kind of meals that we can just pull out of the freezer so it's, it's a way of having frozen meals that you've made yourself um that aren't that don't cost you the earth and that um, you know the nutrition that's in them, right? So a bit of planning, a bit of understanding about how to store things, a bit of playing around with how to cook different things. You know, you can only do it really badly once. You're like I, I'm not a great cook, but I don't. it's not that hard to do basic stuff. I don't do fancy baking or anything like that, but just basic, just learning how to roast things like veggies um, and just do always do extra if you can. If you've got extra, then do extra. Like if you know that you're likely to throw away the rest of that pumpkin at the end of this, that, this week, cook the whole thing. Um, and even if it doesn't fit in that container, but if there's space in your oven and you've got another smaller container that you can put somewhere else in the oven and stick the rest of that pumpkin in there, do that. Um, if you know you're not going to use it later, then then cook it, and then that can be that can be your lunch tomorrow. Um, and I do with whether I do just uh, last night I did like um, pumpkin fries, like fries made uh, like wedges, fries kind of thing made from pumpkin. I often do that with pumpkin or sweet potato. But then you know the next day, like I said, I that with uh, can of mackerel, beautiful, or it could be some ham that you have or, or whatever 
protein you like to use or like I said, a four bean mix. But anyway, I just wanted to give you some ideas of things you can do to help you save money. Look, the other thing too is that if you want to, if you join a buying collective, um, I know there are certainly some family groups and some people who have groups where they do go and buy things together. They'll do an order together. Um, I certainly know that um, people from uh, Europe and the Middle East often will uh, go to it, 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 they'll go to the butchers and they'll buy a cow for the family. So the family will all go in and they'll share, they'll buy a cow and they'll just get the butcher to cut it up into whatever bits that everyone wants. But then that family is a lot more affordable because they buy the whole cow, right? So I know that if you look at um, uh, if you look at what, like I said, the Europeans, Middle Easterns, often they do, they're really good at this stuff. They've got a really good way of, of doing this because they've been doing it for a long time and they live in often live in or come from large family groups so they're used to doing things as a collective so you can also get some really good tips off people like that who can really um, teach you what they do and things that we could learn to do ourselves anyway I hope that gives you some ideas and I'm certainly open to any ideas you have in the feedback and I will put a link into the download that explains some of this stuff to you as well so you've got that information handy for yourself I hope you have a great week I'll talk to you again next week thank you so much bye thanks for tuning in today if you enjoyed the episode please like subscribe and share to help me reach more people Go to the link in show notes for more information about my services and until next time, please keep showing up for yourself.